This morning's reading is taken from Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 13, and can be found on page 1172 in the Pew Bibles and on the screen. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, (coughs) hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to the Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for the proper, at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for a minute. Lord God, we thank you that you care so much about us, that you gave your life for us on the cross and you rose to give us eternal life. We thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. You came into our world and you sorted things out for us. And we just praise you, Jesus, for this. And we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to learn from your caring as we look at this passage together and so that we can care for each other, care for our neighbours in the community better. To your great glory, Jesus. Amen. So the... the, um, 
the title is Caring, Freedom to Love One Another. And we're looking at Galatians 5, 13 to 6, 10. I think it's, was it 10? You knew the page, didn't you, before? Sorry? 1172 in your Bibles. Have a look because I'm not going to quote, I'm not going to put the verses up there. I'm going to put more general stuff up. So if you want to check what I'm saying, that I'm not telling you a load of rubbish which I've made up out of nowhere, you want to look at your Bible. Don't trust everything I say. That should be true of any preacher. Test the spirits. Check out what people say. Um, So, if you've got your Bible sorted, you're ready to check that I'm not telling you a load of rubbish, hopefully. And I think Paul, first of all, says, you know, we've got to focus. We've got to focus here. But where's our focus? And we're going to think about fruit later, so I thought I'd put this picture up. If you have a look at this. Now... Can you see anything in there? A bit unusual in the, in the uh, bananas. Can you see anything in there? They spotted it really quickly. I'm not like, James, uh, you can't say because you've been here before, and James has. We, we had someone who, yes? Yeah, good man. Now let's go to the next slide and we'll see that you were correct. There's the snake in the bananas. You see, you've got to focus. You've got to focus to see that snake in the bananas. And um, what Paul wants to do in this letter, he wants us to focus on certain things. And there are two opposing ways to think and act in this life. And, and he, Paul's encouraging us to focus on these two things. Well, focus on one of them in particular. So first, the first way he calls the way of the flesh, the way of the flesh. And the second he calls the way of the spirit, So where's that focus that we're taking? Because Paul says, we have freedom. Yeah, we've got the gift of free will from God, our creator, but we need to use that freedom carefully. We need to be careful with it. He says in verse 13, so you can check this if you want. You, my brothers and sisters, were called by God to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. He's saying, don't focus on the flesh. Then he says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So he's saying, focus on the Spirit. And I think there's a thread, there's a thread running through this, this flesh here, the acts of the flesh. And you, you've got that sort of rather unpleasant list in verse 19. Um, there's a thread running through it and I think the focus of that, that thread is that Those things come from us focusing on thinking of ourselves first, us. It's what we fancy doing to please ourselves. I think that's what Paul's getting at when he writes about indulging in the flesh or the desires of the flesh. The thread that runs through it, it's it's all about me. It's what I want to do. And that's what can happen. If you look at the verse 19, it's not very pleasant. But if you look at that, you'll see that those are the things that come out of that. So he's saying the focus is really important in life. And his antidote to these negative aspects you see there of following what we fancy, doing our own thing, putting ourselves first, is to focus on someone else, other people. So we've got freedom in following Jesus, but we're encouraged to focus on positive things, things to think and do 
rather than things of the flesh. So verse 13, we'll go back to that. He says, you're called to be free, brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Now, if we could click now, that will come up on the screen. That's it, lovely, thank you. So Paul tells us what to positively focus on. He tells us what to do rather than not what, what not to do. He encourages us to love our neighbour as ourselves. Focus on that. Because if we just focus on ourselves, as we saw verse 19, we end up doing all sorts of things. And I do think this is quite a hard proposition for us because um, I still think a great deal about myself and and my own welfare. Do I think about, uh, about others as much as I think about myself? You know, that's a question to ask yourself. You know, do I do that? Well, research seems to indicate if we help out others, we actually feel better ourselves. I sometimes call that feeling, feeling God's pleasure. You know, it's feeling God's pleasure. Helping others is good for us. It's what we're designed by God to do. So we feel God's pleasure when we do it. And as Paul goes on to show us how to love, to, uh, love our neighbours as ourselves, he says in verse 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Again, he's saying, focus on walking by the Spirit, dead to the flesh. And this shows where our first love should be, our primary focus should be. Love God, if you could click it, Love God, led by the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And then he writes in verse 24, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh, dead to the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. So he's saying, don't focus on the flesh. It's dead to you, crucified. Focus on others, serving others, what the Spirit leads you to do. Now, you may wonder what's behind there. I'm going to show you. I thought someone was applauding then. <laughs> Wasn't that exciting? Um, this is a tandem, if you don't know. I'll tell you something important to know. You face this way. You sit, if you're on the back, you sit on this one. If you're on the front, you sit on this one. If you're on the back, you hold those. You've got no brakes. You've got no um, means of steering. All you can do is pedal. If you're on the front, you've got the brakes, the control, the steering and all that. All right? So, my son and I, a few years ago, we did a ride to the coast called the Dunwich Dynamo. Uh, it goes through the night. starts in Hackney, goes to Dunwich. And I rode on the front of the tandem, and my son Tom rode on the back of the tandem. And when you ride on the back, you cannot see the way ahead, because you've got me in front of you. And also, in the dark, I had a head torch, so I could see around the corners and everything in the dark down the lanes. He could not see anything. And if you're on the back, you, as I said, you can't brake, you can't steer. So when we did um, the, the ride to Dunwich... 
my son wasn't sure either whether he had the strength to complete the journey, 130 miles. And to be honest, I wasn't sure either, but I, I thought we could do it because I'd done it before. So anyway, my son had to trust me on the front of this tandem. He had to trust me a lot on this ride through the night to Suffolk. And he did admit to me that sometimes he screamed in fear while we were descending these steep lanes in the dark because he couldn't see anything at all. And I like going down hills very fast, as Jane will tell you, because she has been on the tandem with me as well and she hits me in the back when I do it. <laughs> but my son didn't do that. He just screamed, but I couldn't hear him because we were going so fast. But I could, I could see round the corners because I had the torch, all right? So this, imagine, I want you to imagine something else now. You've got a tandem in your head. If instead of me on the front of the tandem, it's the Holy Spirit riding on the front of the tandem. God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit is in control of the steering, the braking, and he can see the way ahead. Imagine... Imagine instead of my son trusting me, his father, enough to ride on the back, it's you sitting on the back and you have to trust your heavenly father to guide you on the way in life. You have to trust him. Because we we can't control the speed life comes at us, can we? We can't control the twists and turns of life, the directions and turns life brings. I mean, who would have thought... Three years or so ago, we'd have had a pandemic, we'd have had lockdowns. Who would have thought we'd we'd have, you know, terrible war in Europe now? You know, we, we didn't know, but God did, of course. We can't control life, but we can trust God in that life, who'll be leading us and guiding us in the twists and turns of life. So if you're sitting here this morning, you you know, you're thinking, what's all this Christianity about? I don't know really what that's about. You know, if if you haven't yet decided to follow Jesus, I'd encourage you, get on the tandem. Trust in God so that he can lead you through life in a great adventure. In a great adventure involving loving and caring for others, encouraging them to faith and in their faith, hopefully. Loving your neighbour. And if you're a person trying to follow Jesus now, someone who's a Christian already, I'd say the major challenge of of this is actually to let go of control. Because on the back of the tandem, you really have no control. All you can do is pedal. And you have to keep pedaling because the pedals are connected. So, you know, you're just there and you have to trust the person in front. And that's what it's like with God. And, and I think often we can try and get back control. We want to steer, we want to put the brakes on, you know. And, and if we do that, you know, that's not good. We want to try and do what God wants because he knows best. Maybe something that can help us when we do feel like that, and I feel like that often, when we're tempted not to trust God, is God can see the twists and turns ahead in life. He can see ahead. He's got the head torch, so to speak. And he can see what's coming up, even though we can't. So we should trust him. It might help us to trust him more. So, to summarise this bit, Paul says the way for us to walk through life or travel through life is to focus on loving God, walking in step with the Spirit, trusting God, being led by the Holy Spirit. 
And through that focus, we'll be better able to love our neighbour as ourselves. God loves our neighbours as much as he loves us, doesn't he? He knows them. He knows all about our neighbours. So sometimes he can give us insight through the Holy Spirit who's leading us and a special love for them that comes from him. So he can do that if we'll let him. Now, my wife Jane's sitting down there. She, she's very trusting of me. She gets on the back of that thing sometimes. Um, but also, she sometimes, you, you all have had experiences like this, she gets this urge to contact someone and she'll often find that what, what it is, there's something going on in their life which they're finding difficult, and she's phoned up just at the right time, or she talked them just at the right time. And that, that, I'm sure that happens to you. There's a, a little nudge from the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit nudges us in lots of different ways. Do share that over coffee afterwards, because that'll encourage us all, won't it, if we can hear those examples. Anyway, let's move on then to think about more about that. How can we be led by the Spirit So I want to go back to talking about fruits now. We've talked about bananas. Bananas may be your favourite fruit. I want you to think, do use your imagination, think about what's your favourite fruit. Close your eyes if you want. Think about eating that favourite fruit. Oh, it's delicious. Oh, I think I'm eating a blueberry. What are you eating? Oh, I love them. Oh, it's delicious. So refreshing. Have you done that? Because fruit is good for you, isn't it? Fruit is good for you. And um, Paul talks about fruit as an illustration of something of the fruit of the Spirit. And fruit is good for us, and it's good for society. It's good for everybody to eat fruit. It's good, it's beautiful, delicious, and pleasant fruit. But of course, that's a picture of how we're meant to be to other people, as someone who followed Jesus. We're meant to be fruity. Paul writes in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So let's think about that list. You know, what's God like? God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, what's he like? Well, God is love. God is joyful. God is peaceful. God really forbears with us, doesn't he? He puts up with a lot. Psalm 30 tells us, for God's anger only lasts a moment, but his favour lasts a lifetime. He really puts up with a lot from us. And God's kind. God's good. God's faithful to us. He sticks with us. God's gentle. He's self-controlled. So the reason Paul's talking about those fruits of the Spirit is because they come from God's character. And as if we're members of God's family, filled with God's Spirit, we increasingly can show those characteristics as we're led by the Spirit who lives in us. So when we become followers of Jesus, we die to the flesh, as we talked about earlier, all its negative stuff. We don't want to go there, although we, don't, we do make mistakes, obviously. And we should increasingly show God's character as we focus on the fruits of the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, in step with the Spirit, or cycling our tandem with the Spirit on the front, if you want to keep that picture. So fruits, an illustration of of good, beautiful, delicious, pleasant, fruitful lives. That's what we're meant to lead. Filled with and led by the Holy Spirit. We're, We're meant to be tasty. 
And then we're going to be good for society. We're good for others as well as ourselves. But fruit is also an illustration of us abiding in God, being a member of God's family of love, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So if you have the next slide, this is drawing a bit from what Eddie said last week. I'll just do it briefly. But um, in that well-known illustration in John 15, um, Jesus talked about the vine being himself, God, and us being the branches, with our connection with the Holy Spirit flowing through the vine, so to speak, like moisture from the ground producing fruit in us. So it's it's a sort of picture maybe of the Holy Spirit coming through the vine and producing fruit. And the main thing about it is we've got to remain in the vine. Just stick with Jesus, stick with him, led by the Spirit. So to bear fruit for him, led by the Spirit, we just have to stick with him. Don't wander off. Through prayer, sung worship, silence, listening to God's Spirit, and so on throughout the day, we can practice the presence of God. Stick with Jesus, be led by the Spirit. Because if we ignore him, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that elsewhere. And then we're going to become less fruitful. We need to be constantly be, be being filled with God's Spirit, just as a vine constantly needs water and moisture from the ground or the goodness from the ground to, uh, to bear fruit. So I've got a question for you all this morning. Are we fruity? And I know there's another meaning to that but I, I want to use it so you remember it. Are you fruity? Are you a fruity church, St. John's, in the best sense? Are you fruity? Do we try and stick with God, led, filled by his spirit, so we can bear good fruit which cares for others? Are we fruity? Right, let's move on. So in chapter six, we're on chapter six now, chaps. So not, not far to go now. And here, Paul gives some practical examples of caring for and loving our fellow Christians, right? So, how can we care for and love our church family and our neighbours? And I think a key verse here is number two, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. And And Paul talks here about how we should be gentle with each other, as we want the best for each other, to restore others to a fruitful life, abiding in God's lovely family led by the Spirit. And he talks about burdens. He's saying there's burdens we bear and there's burdens uh, we need to help others to help us carry. And probably only we know what they are. But I think what, what James said earlier, I find really difficult, is asking for help. Is actually asking for help. I'm not very good at that. I mean, I do try and help people. I don't do it brilliantly, but asking for help is really hard. But I need to be able to ask for help as well. Paul, uh, sorry, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. And so Paul expects us to make mistakes to sin, as he calls it here. We all make mistakes, don't we? And as Eddie mentioned last week, sometimes we don't realise we, we've made a mistake or we've got the wrong attitude or are making a mistake. So we need other people who can see that to help us, who we trust, but they've got to be gentle with us, to gently help us. And another thing Paul points out, he says, don't compare yourselves with others and the way they think and behave. Um, 
Focus on God's way of doing things. Jesus' example, led by the Holy Spirit. Because if you focus on someone else, they, they make mistakes like you, so they might not necessarily be a good model. Um, so he says in verse 4, each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each should carry their own load. Now, I want to go back to the tandem now. Okay? We're on this journey, right? In the dark now, we're in the dark in the night, the sun's gone down, and uh, we're cycling along, and what happens is, midway through this ride, in the middle of the night to Suffolk, what happens is you'll see these things at the side of the road. See the next slide? Tea lights. You'll see them on the side of the road, lighting up the road. Just little dots every now and again. And what they're telling you, they're telling you there's a really nice curry ahead. Because in the middle of the night... You stop at this place in a hall somewhere it was, and they gave you a fantastic curry. Oh, it was brilliant. It's just what you need in the middle of the night to get you right over to the coast of Suffolk. So these little tea lights are there to light the way. And I wonder if those little tea lights are um, a kind of visual illustration of what the Holy Spirit can be like in life. The Holy Spirit often guides us in, in little ways, which we can miss if we're not attentive to him. The Holy Spirit guides us on our route through life, as well as in encouraging us that there's something really good ahead. I mean, on that bike ride, it was the curry, but what we've got ahead is face-to-face with God in a kingdom of absolute love, absolute justice. Brilliant. That's what we've got ahead of us, better than a curry. And we can also be tea lights to each other too. All of you sitting here and people we know in our community, our friends or whatever. We can, we can meet people in daily life. They might be in a dark place and we might bring a bit of light to them by our behaviour, by our bearing fruit for Jesus, led by the Spirit. So finally, Paul emphasised this doing good to all, loving our neighbour, who may be experiencing quite a dark place in life. He says in verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And he encourages us to keep doing good. He knows it's tiring. Even when it's hard going and tires us out, which it does, the Holy Spirit can give us the strength to keep going on the journey too. The Holy Spirit's a good, strong, powerful rider on the front of our tandem, right? Think of that. So just now I said we shouldn't compare ourselves with others, look to others for a way to think and and speak and behave, but look to Jesus for that model, that guidance through his Holy Spirit. But now I'm going to say, yes, you now need to start looking at others for this, right? So as we follow this last piece of guidance from Paul on doing good to all, The opposite applies. Do look to others. Look out for others. Think about people around us in the church and in our daily lives, in our front lines. If we're going to help others, to love others, we need to pay attention to what's going on in their lives. And and to do that, uh, we need to put ourselves in their shoes. We need to see through their eyes as far as we can. And, and that's called compassion. 
compassion. Because compassion literally means suffering with another. Suffering with another. So if we put ourselves in their shoes, look through their eyes, we're going to see what they're going through. Now, how are we going to find out about that? We have to ask some questions. We have to ask some questions. And, and instead of bundling in like I normally do and talking about myself or something or other, ask questions instead. I have to, I'm saying this to myself. Ask questions about other people's lives and struggles rather than focusing on ourselves all the time. You remember the flesh and the spirit? The flesh concentrates on me. The spirit concentrates on God and our neighbour. So that's ask questions about your neighbour. Um, and in the same way, if we've got the treasure of the Holy Spirit living in us, how can we not share the good news that we could all be part of this wonderful, loving and just family through faith in Jesus with others? How can we not do that? This is also part of loving our neighbour and caring for others. So maybe when we meet together next week or whenever, we should say to each other, to encourage each other, get on your tandem. Get on your tandem and be fruity. Those should be our things to remember. And in doing so, we might be encouraging each other to trust the Holy Spirit to lead us through life, caring for others and bearing good fruit for God's glory. So let's pray for a moment and let's just have a bit of silence. And I want you to think with God, what jumped out of you from what I've just said or anything in the service? What's jumped out at you? What do you think God's saying to you now? What's God's spirit saying to you this morning? Let's have a moment of silence. So Lord, thank you for speaking to us and pointing things out to us then. And help us, Lord, to focus on you, being led by your Spirit, to focus on others more than ourselves. Help us to ask questions, being attentive to others, so we can show compassion and love to them and care for them. Amen.